Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. We're three friends, Chug Wine, and Jack, White Claw, <laughs> Jack True Crime, and Unleash Their Worst Minnesotan Accents. Oh, yep. Lucy had a little bit of a struggle just now. Yeah, right? I'm fine. I meant to open it earlier, and I have really short fingernails because my gels fell off, and my nails are very thin. Get these. I yeah. can't. I don't know how you wipe your ass. They're my natural <laughs> nails. Yeah. You just use a flat hand and wad up that toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. That's why I use such big wads of toilet paper is because I have long nails. You don't want to hook. I'm not risking it. Mm-mm. You did clog the toilet at my house recently. Okay, we don't need to tell the world. <laughs> oh, it's only come up like 18 times on this show since that night. <laughs> Everyone should have a plunger in every bathroom I agree. and a toilet brush in every bathroom for their guests. I agree. For their guests. I'm sorry. I agree. All right. I'm Kenyon and I have strong bathroom opinions. <laughs> bathroom hospitality. Shits. I'm Kenyon, I take huge shits. Huge. (laughs) I'm Lucy, and I keep my plunger in the basement. Why? That's so far away. No, it's covered in poop water. (gasps) I'm Amanda, and speaking of keeping plungers in the basement and why you shouldn't (laughs) do that, I was at a (laughs) breakfast restaurant in New Jersey, and myself, my sister, and her two kids, uh, we needed to take a pee-pee, so we went to the bathroom And there was a tinky to take a tinky. And there was, you know, a bathroom open, but it had some poo in it. And but I had to pee pretty bad. So Ashley was like, there's poop in there. But if you just flush it before you pee, it should be fine. So I go in, I flush it. Toilet immediately starts heavily overflowing. Poop Mm -hmm. water is pouring out all over the floor. Mm -hmm. Had to shut down the whole bathroom. I'm like Mm -hmm. running out. Ashley didn't even get the girls onto the toilet before she's picking them up. We're like running and then out of the bathroom. (laughs) I like ran to the teenage girl manager. I don't know. It was like the day we left. I was busy. There was a a falconer there. I got easily (laughs) distracted. Oh, that was the falconer place. Yes. Lily. Lily the falcon. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just, Just have a plunger. Yeah, have a plunger nearby so right you don't there. have to ask your best friend's dad, your surrogate dad, for <laughs> Technically, a plunger I in the garage. You. Yeah. Well, he was well aware it was you for you. You still gave attribution that it was yep. me who yep. did it. So <laughs> it's your dad. It's all who for cares. you, Damien. <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> I whatever no transition so our topic this week <laughs> is actually a gal's pick we had an opening that we carved out so we could pick one GD episode ourselves uh-huh. <laughs> and we have selected the topic bad to the bones Mm-hmm. Bones. So shit about bones. Shh, lots of shit about bones. Yeah. Bones. Uh, 
I'm, I'm excited. excited. Oh, it's gonna yep, be good. Me too. <laughs> gonna All right, Amanda, what's our wine crime pairing for bad to the bones? Well, what I opened my fridge and had <laughs> was this beautiful bottle of Chardonnay from mm. Wink, the Porter and Plot. Oh, I love love, mm-hmm, which is sweat and balls because it's still humid as all fuck here in Minnesota. But I thought this would be a good fit because I know that the guy in my case portered and plotted his murders. There was Ooh. definitely some plotting in mine. Mm-hmm. And also... The, the portering around of bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Port- well, that works. Porting to carry. So it does. It works. And for those of you who have not found our show until today... Welcome, and I'm sorry. And Wink Wine Club is an amazing wine club that delivers wine to your door. And I don't know how long we're going to be running this particular discount, but like, jump on it. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. She's a doozy. Because it's an it amazing is, discount. It's such a good deal. So right now, our listeners get four bottles for just twenty nine ninety five. From Wink Wine Club, when you go to trywink.com forward slash wine and crime special, because it's special. It's a wine and crime special. Mm-hmm. So definitely We're do special. that. And You're so special. Are you. We're special. You're special. It's the deal of the century. Ray is special. I also highly recommend becoming a member <laughs> because there's member pricing on bottles just like this one, which the regular mm-hmm. price is $32.99, but Wink members get it for $27.99. That's like Ooh. a hefty discount. Yeah. yeah. And it adds up if you're getting like, even if you're getting just four bottles a month. Yeah. You know, to get that shipping taken care of. Like. You're saving money. You're, you're saving, saving money. money. I like to buy wine in bulk because it's always such, it's the perfect like host gift and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. It always comes in handy. It's good to have on hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a medium-bodied organic Chardonnay. It's very elegant. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit fruit forward, but it has a nice dry finish. Um, it is 14% ABV. It's not a super like woody Chardonnay. So it's not going to give you butter. It's not going to give you old grandma Chardonnay. You're going to get like citrus, lemon rind, some minerality, mm. white peach so, so, so tasty. It's, it's a, a Cal- gateway gal of Chardonnays. It's totally mm-hmm. a gateway gal of Chardonnays. It is um, a California Chardonnay. This is, quote, heavily influenced by the San Pablo Bay to its south. And this area is an excellent place to grow grapes that favor a cool climate. And one that really comes alive when growing temperatures are lower is Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. So this is a single vineyard, organically grown porter and plot Chardonnay, which is bright and lively and a completely different style than the oak heavy Chardonnays that hail from further no- north. So this is not going to be a grandma oaky butter bomb. Mm-hmm. So it's a Chardonnay we would like. Exactly. Gal approved. A gal approved Chardonnay. It says here, enjoy this glamorously elegant Chardonnay while channeling Grace Kelly. So say no more. Oh, okay. Wow. So I, I have my nice pop wine key already in place. And if you don't have one of those, you can get one at wine and crime podcast at baycartel.com, along with a lot of other amazing merch. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Shall we pop? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that, that was, was a good. Pop. That was a very elegant pop. Ooh, it smells Grace so Kelly pop. 
Nice. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking our red blend because... Mm, also gorgeous wine. I'm completely obsessed with it. She bought cases of I it. I literally bought cases of it. Well, if you yeah. want to see upcoming wine pairings from Wink and get linked to those and check out our own wines, mm-hmm. just head to the wine tab on our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. It has all the info. All the thanks. All right. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers, everyone. And it's a strawberry white claw kind of day for me. Oh, yeah. Every day is a strawberry white claw kind of day. Lucy, what is our background and maybe, but probably not psych for bad to the bones? That's what psych. Shaking my goat bones to signify that there is no psych. Love it. Oh, I should go get Lori. Should Lori join us? Is Yes. Hold on. Ray, get the fuck up. Is Lori Bones? <laughs> yes. Sure is. I'll be right back. <laughs> Human or animal? Or do I not want to know? You'll know soon enough. Why do you know? Were I've you there? Yeah. Should I have seen her at our friends weekend? Uh, you didn't spend as much time there as I did on our friends weekend because remember my oh. neck like froze up, so I spent a whole day oh, at Lucy's yeah. house. Oh, did you meet yeah. Lori then? Mm-hmm. You showed Lori so, to Zach. Oh yeah. Okay, so Lori is a pair of human arms that they're not all connected anymore. Some of them are, but my friend Pete, shout out Pete. He does not listen to this show. Sorry. His grandfather worked at like a university, and so he had an anatomical a story. He, well, they're they're like they've got like wires and mm-hmm. springs and stuff. So it was an actual human skeleton. And after his grandfather passed away, they he used to have the whole thing, but they could only find the arms. And none of them wanted just the arms, so they gave them to me. So I named her Lori because she is from a sort of petite adult female. Obviously, no way to know her actual name, but these are her hands. Look at Amanda's face. <laughs> Those are I just... Human hand skeleton. I just feel just like bones. The fact that like parts of her were just taken. Her oh, body no, was she donated, donated to science, and yeah. then eventually science tired of her body. That's and what I mean. Lucy and, got it, and he used to have all of her, and then people were just like, "I'm taking the head." I don't know. They don't know what happened to the rest. Of I her. know what happened to the rest. Or someone else out there has a podcast and is doing exactly this right now. <laughs> like the, she's Lori. only missing her arms. God. <laughs> There was a human skeleton in my high school science classroom when I was a foreign exchange student in France. Cool. Just chilling in the room. Not like we used it for anything. So like donated to science. It was just like it was like decor in this science classroom. They just don't make them like they used to. Look, she was just about my size. Oh, Lucy and Lori. Best of friends. Anyway, so this is Lori. She might come up again later for illustrative purposes. Okay. Okay. So Amanda's face. Okay. So bone is living, rigid body tissue consisting of cells embedded in an abundant, hard intercellular material. The two principal components of this material, collagen and calcium phosphate, distinguish bone from such other hard tissues as chitin, enamel, and shell. 
So chitin. chitin is the white, horny substance found on the outer skeleton of insects, crabs, and lobsters, and oh. in the internal structures of other invertebrates. So it's like what, it's like what crabs are made out of. Oh, I've never, ever heard of that before, but okay. Because it's not bone, and it's not enamel, and it's not shell. It's chitin. Okay. Um, and then uh, enamel is the hardest tissue of the body covering part or all of the crown of the tooth in mammals. Okay. And so just pointing out here that teeth are not bone. That is a very common misconception. Mm-hmm. Teeth are made up of enamel, dentin, cementum, and pulp. Oh, we know about tooth pulp. We yep. know about tooth pulp. We know too much about tooth pulp. Mm-hmm. We did, um, what was it, forensic dent. Odontology. Odontology. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in hearing more fun facts about teeth, head on that back to that app. great app. app. It was, it was a really a great episode. Fucking app. fantastic. We episode. had such a good guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Dr. Lee. Oh, I love my. Dr. Lee. Mm-hmm. Gord. Bone tissue makes up. Ugh, yeah, he had a silky accent mm-hmm. and a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. So, bone tissue makes up the individual bones of the human skeletal system oh. and the skeletons of other vertebrates. The Verd- functions of bone Brits. include. Ver- vertebrates. Ver- the functions of the functions. <laughs> I know I'm practicing my terminology. Okay. Vertebrates. vertebrates. Okay. <laughs> I have a vertebrae here somewhere too. It's okay. not. It's of a cow though. Okay. Okay. The functions of bone include one structural support for the mechanical action of soft tissues such as the contraction of muscles and the expansion of lungs. Two, protection of soft organs and tissues, like as by the skull, protects Mm -hmm. your brain. Yep. Three, provision of a protective site for specialized tissues, such as the blood-forming system, a.k.a. bone marrow. Okay. And four, a mineral reservoir whereby the endocrine system regulates the level of calcium and phosphate in the circulating body fluids. So... You know how, like, our bodies maintain equal levels of whatever the shit needs to be maintained in our bodies? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. as it's supposed to, but yeah. It's Not called- all of our bodies do that. <laughs> right. That is called homeostasis, and mm-hmm. bones are, like, an extremely important component of homeostasis, just keeping everything in our bodies regulated. I know that this is a surprise to no one, but, like, I am eternally surprised by how little I know about the human body. Oh, yeah. Like, also Canada. I know nothing about Canada. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, we did not learn about Canada in school. It just, I'm so sorry, Canada. It never, uh, all the exposure, and it just never sunk in. Mm-hmm. That's why mystery. I really, that's why I really like doing the background and psych and mm-hmm. stuff for these kinds of topics because you learn. it, it mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense when you're not also studying, I don't know, math and music and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's when like you can just actually more just focus on one thing. Yeah. yeah. And when we get to cool, to hear really cool cases about those particular things and mm-hmm. like solidify, condense all of our knowledge. There totally. you go, teachers. Just play wine and crime for your students and they'll learn everything they need to know. Yeah. And then some. And then a lot of stupid bullshit also. (laughs) Way too much. some new swear words, some new sex positions. Whatever. So here Fire all teachers. Don't do that. Here are some fun facts about bones. 
The adult human body has about 206 bones, um, but babies are born with almost 300 bones. Mm. So do babies lose bones? No. Okay. They, they fuse together? They fuse together as the baby grows to form a complete skeleton. Woo! So I think having, like, more smaller bones probably helps with, like, delivery. Oh, look, Amanda's oh. right. Yeah, For they're the like second cats. Time. They're just, like, squishier. I'm celebrating quietly. And they can, like, fall more and be okay. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. don't let them fall, but, like, they can. But they're can. gonna but, like, because they could. <laughs> they're basically <laughs> liquid. They're just yeah. little bean bags. Yeah. Helpless yeah, exactly. fucking bean bag sacks. They're just little kickballs. Ugh. <laughs> okay, that was disturbing. There are 26 bones in the foot and 54 in the hand and the wrist. My God. Wow. In Have the you counted? The, this is definitely not 54, but I'm sure there are a lot in the wrist, too. Mm-hmm. It's all in the wrist. It's all in the wrist. The femur, or the thigh, is the longest and the strongest bone in the body. The only bone in the bo- the human body not connected to another bone is called the hyoid, which is a V-shaped bone located at the base of the tongue. Mm-hmm. So Jeez. if the hyoid bone is broken, a lot of times it means that someone could have died by, like, hanging or some kind of like yeah very rough strangulation asphyxiation right Mm -hmm. got it Mm -hmm. so that's the one in your tongue Mm -hmm. got it and because okay so i heard two different two different numbers for this but because the collagen in your bone is constantly replenishing itself you have an entirely new skeleton about between every seven and ten years how about the discs in my fucking back renew yeah, no. themselves? Can't help you there. themselves. Can't, can't help be great. you there. Can't uh, be done. I can't help you there. Can't be done. <laughs> also, your funny bone isn't a bone. It's actually your ulnar nerve inside your elbow. So there's a nerve right between your elbow bones right here. Okay. Mm. But it's not a bone. So we've talked before in the forensic anthropology episode about what information can be determined from looking at human bones, but we're going to revisit that just briefly. So this is an excerpt from a Medium article. Quote, a forensic anthropologist can estimate the age, gender, race, and height of a, de- a dead person by analyzing the bones. These are called primary indicators, and although they can't determine with precision the identity of the dead person, they do help in narrowing down the possible profiles. So along with primary indicators, they also use identifiers. And most of the examples of identifiers have to do with soft tissue, so they're not related to bones. So one of the examples is like tattoos on the skin Mm. or fingerprints because they can even if it's seriously decomposed or like the skin is super dried out, they can take it and rehydrate it Mm -hmm. and then literally wear it over a living person's gloved hand and take the fingerprints. Got it. Is that cool? I love that. That is cool. Can't they also tell from the bones of like whether somebody has given birth or not or like been Mm. pregnant or whatever? Because like the hip bones change I, th- I think so i didn't read about that here but i did read about like sexual dimorphism and i don't talk about it in my notes i don't think but like women's bones tend to be smaller and not as long and then of course we have a different shaped pelvis mm-hmm. 
Like we don't have that weird little wiener bone that's not actually a wiener bone and our hips are t- are like tilted up a little bit more and they're mm. wider. Mm. But I don't I don't know for sure if your bones look different if you have given birth. I don't think the bones sh- shift that much, but I'm not I, I think they do. But I not if like you've just been pregnant, you know, in the early stages and not, you know, more advanced to like third trimester or birth. Mm-hmm. I do know that a lot of mo- new moms will like go to physical therapy after giving birth because of like how fucked up their bodies get. But I don't know if that means that their bones are. Yeah, I think that would much. fix your soft tissue and your muscles a lot more than your bow, your skeletal structure. Probably. Yeah. No, it changes the diameter of your pelvis. Giving, oh, wow. giving birth. I don't know if it's giving birth or if it's just being close to giving birth. So I don't know if it's. The same if somebody like has a C-section, C-section yeah. and their body's already like prepared. Weird. Yeah. Your oh, pelvic bones so will slightly gross. separate from each other. And it's this separation that allows your baby to move through the pelvic joints. Thanks. I hate it. Wow. Does it, does it suck back together later? Okay. I don't know. Because your bones are connected with soft tissue. Okay. So maybe that tissue expands and retracts. Here we go. This is an article from the Chicago Tribune, Bone Expert to Examine Skeleton. How can you tell if a female skeleton has given birth? Forensic specialists can tell if a woman or person gave birth by the presence of a series of shotgun pellet-sized pock marks along the inside of the pelvic bone caused by the tearing of ligaments during childbirth. The bone impressions are a permanent record of the trauma, but they do not reveal how many children were born. No. Oh nope. My God. I am getting an epidural that is just, oh God. <laughs> that is fucked up. Anyway. Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, these are some other identifiers that are also used. They can positively identify a person and regarding bones include a DNA profile, which we will get to. Anthropometry, which is measurements of the hands, feet, ear, nose, etc. And palm. Anthropometry. She got me. Okay. Kenya gets it. Keep And up. also known pat- pathologies, so like deformities or anomalies. Mm-hmm. Maybe a sixth finger. Oh, you Something don't like say. that. Mm-hmm. A six-toed cat. Oh. oh. Don't get Call me started. Here's a fun fact. The half-life of DNA is about 521 years. So DNA can last about 1,000 years, give or take. And this is super dependent on the environment because it breaks down just like any other biological materials. So DNA can be best preserved in something like dry Antarctic ice where it could survive for a few hundred thousand years. Whoa. So like, those bodies in like peat peat bogs and bodies Glaciers. at the top of Everest, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like the rest of the body. It's it's very well preserved. Hmm. Wow. Um, and so DNA is does that same thing. Bone is one of the best sources of DNA from decomposed human remains. Even after the flesh is decomposed, DNA can often be obtained from demineralized bone. DNA from bone has been used to identify the repatriated bones from Vietnam-era servicemen and women and people and the remains of the white Russian Romanov family who were executed during the Bolshevik Revolution. So mm-hmm. I think about that. I, 
I think that they thought at the time if they eliminated that whole family, that was the end of the line. Mm-hmm. But actually, they did some DNA testing with the bones of these victims and realized that that was not the case. They just did a DNA test. Turns out. They're 100% that, that bitch. <laughs> well, there are lots of there weren't any direct descendants of the czar left because Anastasia definitely did not survive. Not according to the movie. I know. So good. I rewatched <laughs> it really not that long ago. She made it. (laughs) But there were like cousins. There were plenty of like other people, but nobody in like direct line for succession. But there was some there was some claim that that was the case at some point. So like when they did do the DNA sampling from these bones, it was like a big deal. I didn't read too much into it. I I think it was trying to (laughs) prove that Anastasia died along with the rest of the family. Oh, okay. I think that's what it was because there are like, plenty of more distant Romanov descendants like living in England still Mm -hmm. like ever since the revolution or before. Like how Mm. you and Amanda are related. Right? Mm. That was a very jarring realization. I (laughs) hired someone which reminds me quick shout out to Katie from Not Forgotten Genealogy. You can find her on Instagram. I hired her to do my family tree on both sides because I am so concerned that Kenyon and I might actually be related that I had to get (laughs) real confirmation. And she has been working diligently on my family tree. She's almost completed my mom's side of the tree and she's putting together like this beautiful presentation of the family tree. She sends me updates and gives me like pictures. She's working on my dad's side right now and just found out that my great-great-grandfather or maybe great-great-great-grandfather was like a glass blower and helped build this like beautiful structure at this little town in France where my family is from. It's like the fucking coolest. She finds all these like records and shit. It's French Canadia. No, I have mom's (laughs) side of the family has French Canadian lineage, but my dad's side has actual French lineage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, cool. I hire not forgotten her. genealogy. You should hire her. Her pricing is amazing. Find her on Instagram. Check her out. Doing cool. that. Do it. So, since bones and teeth are often the only biological materials remaining after exposure to environmental conditions, intense heat, certain traumatic events, and in cases where a significant amount of time has passed since the death of the individual, The ability to purify large quantities of informative DNA from these hard tissues is obviously extremely beneficial. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about bones versus teeth, I thought this was a really cool differentiation. There are certain conditions under which bone can provide more and better quality DNA samples. According to a study published in 2018, the quality of DNA extracted from teeth was greater than that extracted from bone in the following environments. Buried in sand, soaked in caustic soda, and burnt with rubber. So very Hmm. specific environs. Mm -hmm. By contrast, the quality of DNA extracted from bone was greater than that extracted from teeth when samples were buried in soil or submerged in water. Interesting. Which I would think is probably more common than being buried in sand, soaked in soda, or burnt with rubber. Probably. You'd think... So I think statistically, like frequency-wise, bone is like what you want. The number one. Mm-hmm. However, as we learned mm. in whatever episode that was, we talked about cremation and just the decomposition. cremation episode. Oh, yeah, whatever. We've done so many fucking episodes. I don't it's even know. It's true. We have. The teeth are actually kind of the last to go. 
Mm-hmm. So if it's a burning situation, then the bone might not be available. Right. Got but the it. teeth will be mm-hmm, for a while sure, longer. Sure, sure, sure. Don't think that you can burn a body and get rid of evidence. Just no. don't. You literally no. can't. You no. literally can't. No. They can they can even get trace evidence out of a crematory like burn situation. Yeah. Yep. You cannot mm-hmm. get rid of it all. Give it up. Mm-hmm. We're Moving. done. Moving. Large moving bodies of water are the low, the only not to give tips, but honestly, or like a swamp in Florida, like where gators will make mm-hmm. sure nothing is found. Right, animals. You want animals? Yep. You want currents? Mm-hmm. Okay. You wanna, you wanna, if you're going the burn route, burn it for at least don't five go, days. Don't go the burn route. You don't have access if to you're the type go of the temperatures route. that you need. Five days, and then high, dump the remains in a high current then, situation. Then cinder blocks grind up what's left because it will be very brittle at that point. Mm. Then either throw it in the ocean or mm. let the wind carry all of it away. It is trash. But you're not going to get away by just burning alone. Absolutely no. not. No, Absolutely the amount of evidence that they can get from that little burn pit on oh. your fucking property with all your abandoned cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I don't know why we're helping these murderers. <laughs> I don't think, quote unquote, these murderers are listening to our show. <laughs> these murderers. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have fucked up and gotten caught. <laughs> yeah. If they had just listened to us. So there was no discernible difference in the quality of DNA extracted from bones and teeth in several environments, including being submerged in seawater, soaked in sulfuric acid, left in open air, and stored at four, negative 20, and negative 80 degrees Celsius. Mm, Okay. So if we're going by which is better more commonly, I would vote bone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not like a huge amount of difference. Yeah. Sure. So here's another fun fact. There are no federal laws, thank God, for preventing you from legally purchasing, owning, or selling human bones and skulls in the United States unless they are Native American. Mm-hmm. Okay. Specimens often come from China, where unclaimed remains are sold to bone distributors. That's <laughs> tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many skulls on the market today are from India, which was once a primary provider of skulls to the world market, but banned the practice of exporting human remains in 1987. We're not saying it's not problematic. We're yeah. saying it's not federally illegal in this right. country. Correct. Right. Let's right. make differs, that very fucking clear. Yeah. It differs by state, but there are mm-hmm. no federal laws. Right. And and an average adult skull runs around $500. I I, the ones I looked at are a lot more than that. I have no desire the way that you acquired for free, Lori, it was like you inherited her, kind of, I, in I'm a way. I'm taking good care of her. You didn't pay for her. No, I'm taking good care of and her. She was donated to US. science. She's from the U.S. I don't personally have the paperwork for her, but it was she, passed down through the educational system over many decades. Right. So I'm hoping I'm, that I'm it was done ethically. I'm more comfortable with that than the purchasing of any kind of human remains, which mm-hmm. I feel like is probably not okay. If you're curious about this and more, I encourage our Patreon donors to check out my episode of Spooky Little Bitch on oddities because yep. we talk about this very thing quite extensively. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Henry. You also don't listen to the show either. Okay. <laughs> 
So the human skeleton can be divided into two parts, the axial and the appendicular. So the axial skeleton, which is comprised of about 80 bones, is formed by the vertebral column, your back, mm-hmm. a part of the rib cage, so 12, 12 pairs of ribs and the sternum. It's, that's not technically your whole rib cage, but we'll kind of yeah. call it your rib cage. And your skull, which is made up of 22 bones and seven associated bones. I'm assuming the associated bones are like your ear bones, the ones in your ears. And like your hyoid or whatever, your tongue bone. Hyoid. The upright posture of humans is maintained by this axial skeleton, which transmits the weight from the head, the trunk, and the upper extremities down to the lower extremities at the hip joints. So axial skeleton is what what makes us stand up upright. We exist upright. And it's also pretty critical. I mean, you you can live without your appendages. Well, I wouldn't say one is more crucial than the other because of a reason I'm about to give you. Okay. Mm. So the appendicular skeleton, which is composed of about 126 bones, is formed by the pectoral girdles, so like your your chest. Okay. The upper limbs, your arms, the pelvic girdle or the pelvis and your lower limbs. So I don't the like the, that I have their... so many girdles. <laughs> I love and a good girdle. Too many girdles, too many sphincters. <laughs> Too many cooks. The function of your appendicular, their functions are to make locomotion possible and to protect the major organs of digestion, excretion, and reproduction. So, yes, you could lose your arms and your legs, but if you lost your entire appendicular system, then... Including, yeah, like your, like, protecting your lungs and your pelvis. then you're kind of fucked. That'd be... yeah. Right. So those are just kind of the two categories we can split up our skeleton into. And the ribs, it's interesting because for a long time, people removed their some of their lower ribs. I mean, some people still do it. Also, some people Mm -hmm. are born with a 13th set of ribs or one extra rib on one side. And that. Wow. It has a weird name. It's called like the cervix rib or something. It, do, it's, it sounds vaginal, but it's not. But it's an extra rib, and that is what our friend McClure has. So mm. her rib is like up here, and it was causing her intense back and shoulder pain. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was her bad. shoulder was yeah. totally fucked, and they didn't know that for it like took years. So many specialists, and then one doctor looked at her X-ray, and she was like, "Yeah, bitch, you got an it's extra like, oh, rib. Yeah. No one else fucking picked up on that." Wow. Oh my god, they put her through so much. It's so fucking ridiculous. Our fucking medical system. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Okay, so you have two different kinds of bones: hard bone, which is called the cortical bone which are also considered the structural bones. So like this, this is your, your cortical bone. Mm-hmm. And soft mm-hmm. and spongy bones called trabecular bones. Your trabecular bones are also called your, I fucking forgot. Sorry, I didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. Something, something else. Mm-hmm. They're also called They're something. Called, they, they have an alias. Uh, both of these different types of bones have like a couple of names. Okay. So your trabecular bones are found inside your large bones, your pelvis, ribs, and skull. The general functional role of trabecular bones is to provide strength and transfer external load away from the joint and toward the cortical bone. So um, I Hmm. guess 
I think so if you imagine a bone like this, like a long bone, like what you picture when you think mm-hmm. of a bone, that bun- that mm-hmm. spongy kind of cavity bunch on the end, that's your spongy. Mm. That's your trabecular bone. So that's the part that connects to your joints and it transfers that energy like in any impact away from the joints and the soft tissue mm. into the hard bone, which is like the important structural part. Because mm, like a little barrier kind of or like a joist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Inside the cavities of spongy bone is soft fatty tissue compromised or comprised, not compromised, hopefully, comprised of an irregular network of blood vessels and cell types. And this is bone marrow. Ah. Always confusing. There are two types of bone marrow. There's red and yellow. Red marrow contains stem cells, unspecialized cells that can grow into different types of specialized cells. So when you get a a bone marrow transplant, they're transplanting the red marrow, the the stem cells. Because mm. mm. then it can automatically regenerate of its own accord yep. in it's the like new It's like the wild body. card. Mm-hmm. If you're playing Uno, you want the wild card. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. They're totally. responsible for replenishing and replacing cells in the body that have been damaged or lost. Yellow marrow is mostly fat, and as we age, it can be found in places where red marrow once resided. So I think if you go to a restaurant and you order like a beef bone marrow, that's the yellow. That's, that's got to be yellow the fatty marrow. marrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's got to be. If the body needs more blood cells, yellow marrow can transform back into red marrow to produce them. Wow, it's wow. a little backup. Yeah. Cool. Our bodies are fucking amazing. It's insane that all of this forms. I mean, I know it grows after that, but all of this forms like in utero. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. fucking I just, insane. I love episodes like this because like, how could I possibly care that I'm like a little bit fat when like my body can do all it of can, this It can cool do shit. such amazing things. I yeah. know that I'm also going through that right now and thinking yeah. that and being like, you know what? Actually, all the things are I'm working incredible. pretty great. We should yeah. all love our bodies because our bodies do incredible things that you do, you yeah. almost never think about. Mm. Right. Yeah. And thank God I don't because it's all gross. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I just want you it to happen. You have shotgun shell sized holes on your pelvis from the trauma <laughs> of yet. childbirth. <laughs> None of us have given birth, so not yet. We have that to look forward to. Love. Not Amanda. <laughs> Getting the shot. Woof. The shot. <laughs> so there are four different types of bones. We have long bones. Here's an example of a long bone. This is a slightly yep. curved shaft capped on both sides with a hyaline cartilage, and it's longer than it is thick. These bones are made mostly of compact bone, allowing them to support great amounts of weight and withstand pressure. So, again, the stereotypical bone that you think of is a long bone. Have you ever tested it? Have you ever, like, hit it against things? This bone? No. Don't disrespect Lori like that. (laughs) Okay. All right. She will fucking find her hands and arm. I guess I'm just... More scientifically curious. I it's fine. I feel I would prefer <laughs> to hit my own arm against something hard. <laughs> Amanda, or that bitch is gonna get haunted. <laughs> By that bitch, I mean Kenyon. Oh, speaking of haunting, I saw the most amazing TikTok where somebody stitched together. It's a woman 
who's going viral right now where she's saying like, say something out loud that's going to like get a lot of backlash, mm-hmm. but like you believe in it strongly. I'm not saying it. Right, I but- saw that. And then it cuts to this guy who's like, okay, nobody's going to like this, but ghosts can't hurt you because if they could, there'd be a lot of white people attacked by ghosts. <laughs> and I was like, wait. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Fucking chattel slavery. Like yeah. none of us would be, we'd all be murdered by ghosts. To one yeah. example. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Of, of infinite examples. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think ghosts can hurt you. That doesn't mean they can't communicate with you. They can freak you out. They can absolutely. They can freak make you your out. life. A I gotta say, but. I have my Robert the Doll snow globe right here, and he might beg to differ. Oh. <laughs> it's actually really cute. I really like it. It still looks like Ho Chi Minh. Robert? No. Mm-hmm. I oh. never got to see Ho Chi Minh though. He was I at his wax. It. He was getting his facial when we were there. They those oh. those. Like leaders, like Ho Chi Minh and what's his name, Mao and everything. <laughs> There's like a place mm-hmm. in Russia where, like, every decade or so, they get shipped back. We will <laughs> rewaxed. We will get to it in a potential oh. drunk. Oh, excellent. Oh. Okay, I won't say anything more. Okay, back to the different types of bones. Then we have short bones. These consist mainly of spongy bone with a protective covering of compact bone. Short bones are neither long nor thick, but rather cube-like. So, for example, your kneecaps and your wrists are, and some of the bones in your feet and ankles are short bones. So, I think okay. like these little guys right here on Lori would be called short short mm. bones. Oh yeah, those yeah, are little. But these are long bones. Your fingers are long bones, even though they're not like anything puppies. that's. It's like a chode. A chode is. It's like the little filler bones. So short mm-hmm. bones aren't designed for a great deal of movement, but they're sturdy, compact, and durable. Then we have flat bones. These are thin and flat. Go figure. Flat bones have a... Who knew? <laughs> they have a middle layer of spongy bone located between two protective layers of compact bone. These bones are generally protective in nature. Flat bones make up most of the 29 bones that fuse together to form the skull and protect the brain. And they... They're the bread of a sandwich. Mm. The lettuce of the They wrap. also protect the major internal organs by forming the 24 ribs of the rib cage as well as the, as, as the sternum. Your shoulder mm. blade is also a flat bone. These bones oh. contain marrow, but they aren't large enough to have marrow cavities. So marrow is found instead in the spongy bone. Not a lot of spongy bone in these flat bones. Mm. The marrow and flat bones produce more red blood cells than any other adult bone type. And then, last but not least, we have irregular bones. So these bones, they just don't fit into the other three categories. So, like, your vertebrae and your jaw bone Mm -hmm. are irregular bones. Mm -hmm. These types of bones usually have a very specialized, uh, have a specialized function and are made up of mostly spongy bone with a thin layer of compact bone around it. So you Got might it. be thinking about breaking a bone when you hopefully not pop, pop, when pop. you break a bone, blood vessels form in the area almost immediately to help the healing process. This is called the reactive oh. phase. Have either of you broken a bone? I have. What'd you break? I broke my left arm at a roller skating birthday party when I was nine, and it was almost a compound fa- fracture that went through the skin. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
and like the the manager at the roller skating rink called nine one one and made everybody in the skating rink sit down <laughs> so they could take me out on a stretcher. It was humiliating. Oh, you didn't love the drama of that? No, that's like right up your alley. At nine years old, it was not right up my alley. Okay. Now, absolutely. <laughs> bring bring the stretcher. I'm pretty bring sure I've broken yeah. a like my pinky toe before, but like mm. I also broke my big toe. There's on like that part no of this. way. Like big toes are one thing, but pinky toes. I, I didn't even like. I didn't There's even go you can in do. for you it. You just tape yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I got. There's a not hairline. much they can do for the big toe either, unless you need surgery. They just gave me. But they, they taped mine. But they and gave, get, you a gave you an X-ray, right, to confirm that it was broken. They gave me an X. They'll give you an x-ray on your pinky toe if you really want one. They just, they can't fucking do anything about it. I didn't do anything about it. I got a hairline fracture in my arm the first day of summer camp. Like, literally, like, we, like, got there, set our bags down in our cabins, and then, like, went for, like, registration and, like, games and I like played soccer. Why? Like literally like the one and only time I've ever played soccer in my life. And I slipped in the mud and fell and got this fracture in my arm. Yeah. No, and then the rest it. of camp, I stuck it out through camp. But every day they or like almost every day they like took me into town to like go to the doctor or whatever. And then I got a blizzard nice. from Dairy Queen. Nice. Camp roll. <laughs> I didn't I didn't break my arm, but I I don't know what I did. I think it was a hairline fracture too. It wasn't like a break break. Yeah. But I was right. Mm, I wanna say I was six years old and I was I was playing a game at my old house in South Minneapolis. I was wearing tights because I always wore tights. They were white. And (laughs) yes, you did. You were so (laughs) pale. And then you wore white tights. I just like tights. It made you faster. (laughs) So, well, made me faster this night, too. My My mom's friend was over and they were having white Russians in the dining room. And I was playing my game where I would jump off the the end of the leather couch onto a pile of mm-hmm. couch cushions on the floor. And I was like, mom, look at me. And I jumped, but because of my tights, I fucked up the dismount and went crashing into the piano. <laughs> oh my and I, God. I remember like waking up under the piano bench. I <laughs> fucked up my arm. I had to go to the ER and I got a hot pink cast. It was awesome. Yeah, and it looked super dope with my taste. Super did, and it smelled real bad when they took it off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing like white tights to accentuate a cast. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Luke. Oh, my God, I know. It is a Luke. (laughs) So, okay, so reactive phase. Within 21 days, collagen forms to harden and hold the broken pieces in place. The damaged surfaces knit together to form new bone, which is often stronger than the original bone. So Fun. Overall, uh, yeah, upgrade. overall, it takes about 12 weeks for a bone to completely heal. Hmm. There are also, as we kind of just went over, a bunch of different types of fractures, like a bunch, like 15. But here are just a few. Mm-hmm. We have a stress fracture. And that is the result of sustained force on a bone, such as that created by running or jumping. Most stress fractures occur in the lower body due to the accumulate, accumulated weight that the bones in our legs and feet must support. 
That sounds horrible. Mm, I don't like Where it. Was it? Oh, don't. When I was like in Key that. West, we went snuba diving, which is a combo of scuba and snorkeling. And snorkel. It was really fucking fun. But one of the boys on our, one of the guides, men, excuse me, on our pontoon <laughs> was telling me about this time his dad fell off a roof and he landed on his feet, but he fell off oh. from like a couple of stories. And his legs just buckled. No. They just <gasps> buckled. And so, like, his oh. torso was, like, against the ground. Yeah. Uh, see, this is why I can't watch, like, videos of people getting hurt. Like, it's not funny to kids, well, kids getting kids. hurt. I love kids getting hurt because they're soft and they bounce yeah, right back. Yeah, they're fine. And nobody's going to post a, a video of their kid, like, actually, actually being seriously get, hurt. Yeah, exactly. But, like, adults getting hurt videos are, like, usually, like, pretty fucking gnarly. And, like, oh, skateboarding all, accidents. Yeah. Oh, all I can no. think of is, like, the lingering back pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That you will have for the rest of your life. Like, I, we have a friend who, like went uh, skydiving in her, like, early 50s, I think, or mid-50s, and something fucking went wrong. Like, she survived. Like, it, but something went wrong where she, like, I don't know, whatever. And, or maybe it was bungee jumping. I don't know. Something went wrong. And she, like, fucked up her back uh, forever. Uh-uh. No. I don't like that. I don't like it. No. No, no. Okay. So... Stress fracture. Okay. Then we have a complete fracture. This is when the bone breaks neatly into two places or two pieces. This is what I think happened to me when I jumped off the couch in my white tights. A green stick fracture. So this this is when the bone has cracked on one side, but it does it didn't crack all the way through. And these breaks normally occur in children because they're nightmares. Ugh. Then we have a simple transverse. This type of fracture is an even perpendicular break to the bone. So imagine if someone chopped your femur bone in half by neatly striking it no. from the side at a right angle. It's so like, boop. I would rather not imagine that. Here's a visual for you. you. Boop, boop, boop. Nope. And then nope. we have a spiral <laughs> fracture. And this is when the bone has been twisted past its maximum point of resistance. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're all good. I'd rather hear about murders My, right now. Yep. Can we get to the murder, okay, I please? One, I have one <laughs> more thing to round us out. Oh, Because good. I was thinking about bones. And so I looked up the etymology of the word boner. And yeah. in 1912, it, it meant blunder. And that was a, a baseball slang, probably from bonehead. Mm-hmm. Bonehead. But today, the word boner means erect penis. And we started using that word in the 1950s from the earlier bone on, which was more prevalent in the 1940s. I got a big bone on. Ish. Oh, I like that better. Bring bone on back. I hate that. That's (laughs) deeply upsetting. Yeah. And then uh, probably a variation with connecting notion of hardness of the word hard on which has been around since 1893. And that's still the slang? That's crazy that slang has lasted that long. Hard on. Got a real hard on. Love Love it. Yeah. So anyway, that's my seg. Thank you for all of that. I learned a lot. I was made deeply uncomfortable. Yep. 
All right. Should we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Let's sure. You all know that I am a salon manicure gal. And I've spent a lot of money on Manny Petties at the salon, y'all. Like, <laughs> a tragic amount. Yeah, like I don't, I, I can't talk about it. But Olive and June has saved my wallet because I got the Olive and June Manny system. And now I can do DIY Mannies that look salon perfect and last seven or more days. And everyone always asks what salon I go to. And I'm like, JK did this one myself and they barely believe it. Barely, but it mm -hmm. looks so good. For real. So my favorite thing about the Olive and June manicure system is that poppy, that rubber handle that you just mm -hmm. pop on the top of those brushes and it just makes painting your nails so much easier. It's like shocking how much easier it is to paint even your dominant hand. Mm -hmm. And they have so many cute colors. I am in love with the hot strawberry for the summer. Oh, so good. If you know, you, you know. know. And it's always like my self-care time. I just mm -hmm. like to plop down with a new episode of Real Housewives and just paint my nails. And yes. it's so soothing. And it comes out looking so good. But there's also that like instant gratification, mm -hmm. like feeling very proud of myself moment also. Mm-hmm. And it seriously looks like a gel manicure. It's yeah. super shiny. It doesn't chip. It lasts mm -hmm. a, like a week or longer if you like do like the primer and then the glossy top coat. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just like I said, you just feel so proud of yourself. And now you can get 20% off your first Manny system with our code GALS. Tell them more, Amanda. Yes, seriously, your new nail life is here. Like Lucy said, get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at oliveandjune.com because we are done with expensive and bad manicures. This is the new us. Go to oliveandjune.com and use that promo code GALS today and treat your nails. Treat them. Are you tired of having some good hair days and some bad hair days? Really bad. Or for me, it was mostly bad hair days because mm -hmm. I have very thin hair. Yeah. It's very fine. It's really hard to find products that don't just weigh you down and make your hair feel like greasy. Mm -hmm. And that's why Function of Beauty is a... a Life-changing. Mm -hmm. Function of Beauty makes hair care products that are 100% customized to your specific individual needs so you can turn those good hair days into a good hair life. Oh, seriously. Function of Beauty is amazing. And they're the world leader in customizable beauty. They offer customized formulations for your hair's needs. So here is how you get started. And like, let me tell you, they cover everything. I, like Lucy, have very fine hair, but then I also have colored hair. I have hair extensions that are also colored. So I need like- You have a lot going on. I have a lot going on. I have a complex situation. So I need to make sure that I am hydrating this hair, that I am using color protectant and like color safe shampoo and conditioner. And it's just like, it can be a lot to find all of those products and they just blend it into one beautiful thing. And here's how you do it. First, you take a quick but very thorough quiz that tells them a little bit about your hair type. So do you have straight hair? Do you have wavy hair, curly hair, coily hair? They also ask you what your hair goals are. So for me, I want to lengthen my hair, obviously. That's why I paid for more hair. I also want a little bit of volume. I personally don't need oil control. I need like moisturizing. 
Um, but if you do have more of an oily scalp, you can put that in there. You can say, oh, dang, I need to dial that back. Um, and then they also do it seasonally. So if you have hair that gets a little frizzy in the winter, but then it's oily in the summer, when the seasons change, your hair goals can change. So you can switch those up based on how your hair looks and feels. Or if it doesn't really change throughout the year, you can just keep that same formula throughout the year like I do. Next, you choose your color and your fragrance, or you can go fragrance and dye free. So when they say you can customize this, you customize everything down to like what color your shampoo is so it looks cute in your bathroom with all of your other products. And your nickname on the bottle. For real. So after you take all of this quiz, Function of Beauty sends you your 100% customized formula along with a regimen card that has recommendations on when and how to use your products so you're always getting it right. And they also just launched its best-in-class subscriber program. You know I love to just set it and forget it. This has changed my life. So this is Function with Benefits. Subscribers get discounts on every order, a free treatment like a hair mask, a serum, or a leave-in. And uh, you get that every four orders, and then access to exclusive fragrances and colors, early access to new products, and so much more. So turn your good hair days into a good hair life. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. Again, go to functionofbeauty.com slash gals to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 20% off your order one more time, functionofbeauty.com slash gals, and treat your good hair life. Treat it. Are we ready for... My case? Absolutely not. Let's do this. (laughs) Usually not. So in 1986, John Morris asked a friend of his, a man named Newell Sessions, who Mm. lived on a ranch. Never trust a Newell. A Newell. Or a Sessions, let's be honest. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We've learned that the hard way. Uh, Well, Newell is not the worst person in this case. Okay. Okay. So Newell said... John Morris asked his friend Newell, who lived on a ranch in Thermopolis, Wyoming, which I'm sure is beautiful, if he could (laughs) leave some possessions with him for safekeeping while he left town for an unspecified period of time. I bet they're bones. (laughs) They hold my bones. We actually just had a house guest, and we are holding a lot of bones for him, but they are animal bones. You're a really cute grifter house guest. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not grifter. Drifter. Drifter. He's not a grifter. (laughs) He's currently living out of a van. There's a difference. A grifter is a scam artist drifter, and a drifter is just a a drifter. Like your dream friend. Yes. Kenyon's dream friend. The Floridian psychic slash grip. Sure. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So, will you hold my shit for me? I'm going at it. I'm getting out of Dodge. Can't trip. I'll be back. Hold my bones. So, Newell agreed. Amongst these possessions was a padlocked old steamer trunk sitting in an outdoor shed. Nope. (laughs) I think we all see where this is going. Tell you right now, there's a mummy. (laughs) <laughs> six years later, in 1992, so hasn't heard from his friend in six years. And oh, hasn't Jesus. busted open all nope. of his stuff. If Aaron, our friend, doesn't come back in like two months mm-hmm. or at least check in, I'm taking all of those bones. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I would get, if either of you were like, will you hold my shit? I'm going to be gone for like some amount of time. Mm-hmm. I would 
rifle through your shit within 48 hours. I'll be yeah. honest. <laughs> well, so you left Kenyon's boyfriend box at your parents' house, and mm-hmm. we went through it immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. You were barely out the door. You guys made videos of rifling We did. It. You had journals <laughs> that, in there. That you sent to some of the boys in question. What? Oh, I absolutely. don't remember that. It happened. Okay. <laughs> Amanda does. <laughs> Sorry, <Yikes>. Bucks. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I do remember that. <laughs> Not that we dated, but whatever. Okay. So, Newell is a good friend, unlike you. And <laughs> <laughs> or an idiot. Newell might be an idiot. Yeah. Six years later, in 1992, when his friend John had still not returned to claim his items, Sessions decided to open the dang trunk and see what was inside. Good, because that's fucking rude. Mm-hmm. He used a blowtorch to remove the lock, the padlock, but he was not prepared for what was inside. And, Bones. And almost, I'm prepared. An almost <laughs> entire, but not intact, human skeleton. Like totally skeletonized or like junk hanging on? Mm, pr- totally skeletonized. It'd been in like a hot shed for six yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. So for, it wasn't any kind of soup for way longer than six years, and we will get to it. Ooh. So at his wife Daisy's urging, because Newell was initially prepared to simply bury that shit and keep his mouth shut. Newell's a really fucking good friend. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Way get you a me. Newell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to do a vow renewal. <laughs> <laughs> on this friendship. So his wife Daisy was like, no, call We're going the to the police. Yeah. Narc. So he contacted the local sheriff's department, which began working to identify the remains and figure out how they had ended up in John Morris's steamer trunk. So they managed to track down John Morris, who was now living in Texas, but he claimed to be shocked that his trunk, that he'd casually dumped on a friend before hightailing it out of town, contained <laughs> human remains. Well, there were no bones in there when I left with it padlocked. Weird. <laughs> right? Sounds like a you problem. Sounds like a Newell problem. <laughs> That's like Newell's to me. That is Newell's to me. <laughs> he told investigators that he had purchased the trunk years ago from a yard sale in either Wyoming, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio, or Oklahoma. In one of the 50 states. He couldn't remember which. To be fair, people, a lot of people don't know the difference between those states. Right. (laughs) But he claimed that he'd never actually opened it, like, in the whole time that he'd owned it. He claimed he bought it closed. Padlocked. Okay. He also claimed to have been in possession of the trunk since around 1973. Oh, and it's what, 80s? It's 1992 now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the sheriff's department was suspicious yeah. of Morris's story. Not buying it. It seemed extremely unlikely that he would have been in possession of the trunk for over a decade or like two decades without ever having opened it. Also, there's a photo on the drive. So, like, this thing was not in great shape. So there's no reason to, like, be keeping it. 
Sure. Yeah. It's not like a collectible. No, like look at it. It's like almost entirely rusted out. It is. It looks like there's a hole in the top. It's yeah. a mess. It's trash. She's it's, a I, mess. I collect old fucking trash. trunks like <laughs> that are worthless but cute. Mm-hmm. For okay. decor purposes. Uh-huh. And this is not that. No, it's not. But the authorities had no hard evidence to prove that Morris knew more than he was letting on. Meanwhile, the state crime lab analyzed the bones and officially ruled the death a homicide after discovering a bullet lodged in the skull and evidence of another gunshot wound to the chest. Ooh. More specifically, they found a 25 caliber bullet fired from a gun that had first been manufactured in 1904, but had not been available in the U.S. until 1908. Okay. Not incredibly helpfully, but still, they concluded that the murder could have taken place any time between 1908 and 1980. He's Great. saying he, He's saying he had it since 1973, so if we want to take him at his word, then any time between 1908 and 1973. Which is still mm. quite the time span for unidentified remains. What happened in 1980? I think maybe they estimated that that's how long it would take to reach like that level of oh decomp or whatever. Yeah. Got it. So for there them to be like what, clean bones. Yeah. So there was they were put into this box, skeletonized clean bones. That I don't know. Okay. The trunk itself, actually, I do know, but. Are you glad I asked? I'm glad you asked. At this point in our tale, we don't know. Oh. So the trunk itself provided some help with further narrowing down the timeline. It was determined to be most likely from the 1930s and to have been issued to someone who served in the U.S. Armed Forces during the interwar period. So the trunk itself wasn't made before the 30s, and it was probably given to someone who served in the in the army later than that. Furthermore, a bag from the supermarket chain, Lucy's fave, Hy-Vee. Oh. <gasps> I love Hy-Vee. I know. This management was, is kind of problematic, but I still like it. <laughs> was found in the trunk along with the remains, which was determined to have been produced in the 1950s. So the, like, newest item inside the trunk is this Hy-Vee bag from the 50s. So they're guessing that they're trying to narrow it down even further. So now we've sure. got between the 50s and 1973. Okay. And possibly the region because they don't have high vs in just anywhere. Well, aren't you just so astute? Are you glad I asked? <laughs> <laughs> so an analysis of the skeleton led the crime lab to conclude that it belonged to a white male who had been in his 50s or 60s at the time of his death. He was estimated to have been about 5'10". Also, some portions of the skeleton were missing, so some lower leg mm. bones and a hand, which Lucy now owns. Like this? Right. Oh, good God. <laughs> which led investigators to think that the skeleton may have initially been buried before being dug up at a later date and ah. then hidden in the trunk. Okay. Oh. The crime lab also used the skull to create a digital rendering of the victim's face, which is haunting. And there's That's a photo that, on the that drive. Is, I, you have to go into the drive to oh get to the notes. God. And I took, it's like sitting in a leather armchair. It's so deeply upsetting. It's wearing a scarf. It looks like Play-Doh. 
it's not like not Plato. Good. It's not good. It was an early 90s or mid 90s facial rendering from a skull. My it's God. For bad. anyone listening, highly recommend going to the blog and looking at this mm-hmm. fucking picture. It's, it's highly very it is haunting. But this information still left authorities with barely anything to go on when it came to actually trying to find the identity of the victim. Plus, if John Morris was to be believed, they didn't even know which state to begin their search in. And so the case remained cold for years. Further complicating matters, John Morris, who he'd moved to Texas from Wyoming and then moved to Mississippi... And then when he was after he was contacted by police about this trunk, he died by suicide. Mm. Oh, eliminating what investigators believe to be their only potential source for more information about the victim. So at this point, they're like pretty seriously zeroed in on John Morris. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then in the early 1990s, the case of. The Unidentified Bones was featured on Unsolved Mysteries, which resulted in the Sheriff's Department receiving more than 600 phone calls to their tip line. Whoa. Yeah. Unfortunately, none of these tips proved proved fruitful in terms of Mm. leads on this case. But then in October of 2017, 25 years after Newell Sessions discovered the bones... Wow. The sheriff's department received a surprising phone call. Oh, jeez. A woman from Waukee, Iowa. Did I say that <gasps> right? Waukee. That is mm-hmm. literally 10 miles from me. Mm-hmm. It's Whoa. a suburb of Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Cool. Named Shelly Statler had learned about the unidentified remains and believed that they may have belonged to her grandfather. Statler had been aware of the story of the bones in the trunk for years since she was like 19. She remembered saying a story in the Des Moines Register when she was about 19 about the bones that had been found in Wyoming, which theorized that the high V bag possibly meant that the remains were from Iowa. Oh, oh my yeah, God. Hi, V to the rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Mama knows her grocery. I knew Lucy would be this pleased with herself, but it's still a beautiful thing to watch. I have nothing Mm -hmm. to do with this case. I am pleased with myself. (laughs) I think you solved it. Yeah. Thank you, Lucy. Um, (laughs) At the time, Statler's father had made an offhand comment to her about how the remains might belong to her grandfather. She later explained, quote, I was young and didn't pay much attention to it. As I got older, I became more interested in family history and kept coming back to the story. So basically, Shelley's maternal grandfather had disappeared when her mother was a child and no one had ever found out what happened to him. Oh, my God. And they didn't think that he had, like, run off because, like, he didn't, like, take any of his shit with him, basically. So he vanished. Yeah. Like, suspiciously. Yeah, he just, like, vanished. Statler used the crime lab's digital recreation of the victim's face, which... The the horrible recreation. (laughs) To make a collage with family photos from her mother's side... And believe that she saw a strong resemblance, which sounds far-fetched, but go on the drive and look at a picture of Shelly 
and then look at a picture of the creepy rendering. The nose is, I see it. The nose and the mouth and the, I mean, it kind of really fits. The mouth, the mouth, the thin lips. The mouth, the the cheeks, the whatever this line is. Yeah, I can see that. It kind of, I was surprised that anyone could see any kind of resemblance to this rendering. But like then when you see it lined up next to a person, you kind of see it. And it's also okay. like a granddaughter and uh, her grandfather. Like right. it's not going to be like Identical. siblings or anything, but right. I can see some features. Yeah. Right. So when she called the sheriff's department, she requested that she be able to submit a sample of her mother's DNA to compare against the skeleton to see if it proved her theory correct. Okay. Indeed, DNA testing showed the sample to be extremely like remarkably similar to oh the unidentified God. bones, which were now conclusively identified as belonging to Joseph Mulvaney, a World War II veteran and railroad railroad worker who had gone missing from Des Moines in 1963. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Right? That's Details of Joseph Mullaney's life are sparse, but it is known that he grew up in Illinois and that after serving in World War II, he moved to California for work for a railroad company. This is where he met and married a woman named Mary Alice McLeese, who had a son from a previous relationship named John Morris. (gasps) Oh. Oh. So he murdered his stepfather. Oh, <laughs> Shelly, you cracked the cake. <laughs> Shelly, yes, Shelly. <laughs> Queen Shelly. So Joseph and Mary Alice had three children together. And in the early 60s, they moved to Des Moines, where Mary Alice was originally from. But in 1963, Joseph Mulvaney disappeared, although no official missing persons report was ever filed. Hold my trunk. According to Shelley Statler, she believed that her grandfather had been shot and killed and buried in the backyard of the house he had recently bought with his wife and that the body had remained there until his stepson, John Morris, eventually came back to dig it up and hide it in his steamer trunk and take it with him to fucking Wyoming. Who who did he think killed him? Oh, we'll get to it. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. She slams the rest of her wine. (laughs) Oh, we'll get to it. (laughs) Knock it back. Morris would have been 16 years old at the time of Mulvaney's death. So he could have done it. Yeah. But investigators in the case have said that they do not believe that John Morris was the one who pulled the trigger. Was it Grandma? Oh, whoa. (laughs) You know I I love a twist. I am dead. I died. I'm dead. (laughs) Although the details surrounding... Although the details surrounding the murder have never been confirmed, Shelley believes that it is more likely that it was her grandmother who shot her husband in the head 
and that John was probably involved as an accomplice or witness to his mother's crime. So either like an accomplice during or an accomplice after the fact. Well, he clearly knew what happened and where the body was and had some sort of investment in it. Right. At a minimum, accomplice after the fact. Yes. But considering Mm -hmm. he was 16, he could have been involved in the whole thing. Or he could have done it. We don't know for sure. Of course, there's only speculation about what might have provoked the murder. According to Shelley Statler, quote, I don't think my grandparents had a very good marriage. And I well, know. Obviously no, not. <laughs> oh, no. Good Lord. <laughs> and I know it affected my mom and her siblings growing up. My grandmother wasn't always easy to get along with. There we go. There it is. Mm. This so easily could have been my family. My God. (laughs) Yeah, this actually sounds a lot like your mother's. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, my dad's, my mom's dad did die very young, and we were all told he died in a military situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe grandma killed him. Maybe. She didn't. She would be so Maybe mad your she mom knew helped bear- that. Maybe she was six. Someday I mean, you'll find your mom's old steamer trunk. Why do you think <laughs> I hired Not Forgotten Genealogy at notforgottengenealogy.com? Follow on Instagram at notforgottengenealogy to find everyone in my family. Everyone in my family. I'm not naming any names, but of this generation, I can think of a couple of relationships that I could see going down this way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got empty steamer trunks. If anybody needs I have one under my desk um, right now. Right now. <laughs> but also Mary Alice, the grandmother, she also like lost all contact with the rest of her family for like the last like 10 years before she passed in 2009. So she had mm. very fraught relationships, relationships with her children and family. Okay. Wow. And who knows? I don't know. There could have been abuse. Like she could have been a really tough lady. Yeah, maybe this was self-defense. Yeah, we don't know. That is pure speculation. I Mm -hmm. don't know. She could have also just been a fucking murderer. I don't Mm -hmm. know. My God. Could have been both. Could have been both. This case, you bitch. But (laughs) as both John Morris and Mary Alice had passed away by the time the bones were identified, the story cannot be confirmed either way. So two years after her initial phone call, Shelley Statler finally succeeded in officially claiming her grandfather's remains from the state of Wyoming. She stated in a 2019 interview that she planned to have the bones cremated before holding a funeral for her grandfather with full military rights, including a 21 gun salute. Yeah, put grandpa to rest. Yeah. Wow. So that is the case of the bones in the trunk. I'll never look wow. at a high V the same way again. I'll there never look go. at a trunk the same way again. Right. I'll never look at Waukee the same way again. Oh, you should reach we'll out to drive Shelly. By Waukee again, we should meet and greet at that wine bar. Go interview Shelly for a spooky little bitch. Oh my Let's god! See if we have any mutual friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's Shelly with an E Y. I know. I'm on it. Oh my founder. Somebody come get her. All right. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. We have a mutual oh, friend. We have There's a mutual more. friend. I want there to be more. You do? 
You know, a lot of folks like me thought that eco-friendly products were more expensive, less effective, like especially when it comes to cleaning. I'd always been hesitant about whether or not it would actually get my clothes or my dishes clean. And sure, the product that you pick up might say all natural, but you're not really sure if it like gets the job done, you know? But Blue Land has fixed that with its revolutionary refill tablets, and I am full-blown obsessed. Please tell us more. I am on the Blue Land train. Mm -hmm. So Blue Land was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a simple idea. You buy the bottle once, you refill it forever. There's no more plastic waste. None. When you're at the store and you're just throwing stuff in your cart, if you start thinking about how much plastic mm-hmm. you are using, it's, it's painful. It's really painful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Blue Land has definitely solved that. So you just fill Blue Land's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water. You pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes, you have powerful and effective cleaning products in the most incredible scents like rose bergamot and lily mint. The I really rose think bergamot. Oh. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I never appreciated previously about, like, eco-friendly cleaning products is that they always kind of smell like, you know, vinegar. Mm -hmm. Or they just don't smell that fresh. Mm -hmm. And Blue Land is absolutely changing the game in that department. They nailed it. Mm -hmm. They also have convenient laundry and dishwasher tabs that come in chic and compact refillable metal containers instead of big bulky disposable plastic tubs these the are amount so of, cute the amount of space like under my kitchen sink and in my oh. laundry area that this has saved is unreal i could get another rabbit that's how much room i have oh my lord i'm not going to i don't want my relationship to end but <laughs> i'm just saying it saves you that much space <laughs> And they're so cute. The bottles, the little metal bins, you just leave them out because mm-hmm. they're really stinking cute. Mm-hmm. Blue Land's stunning high quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit and are meant to be reused forever with money saving refillable tablets that start at just two bucks. Yep. So cut the plastic waste without sacrificing clean. Get Blue Land. You'll love it. And the planet will thank you. Absolutely. And right now you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash gals15. That's 15% off your first order of any products Blue Land orders at blueland.com slash gals15. One more time, blueland.com slash gals15. Treat your cleaning and the planet. Treat them both. If you are carrying a credit balance month after month, it can feel like you are in a never-ending cycle of debt. You're like Mm -hmm. Sisyphus. It's awful. Mm -hmm. But Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can finally get ahead. Uh, It's such a relief. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. So whether it's paying off credit cards, like Lucy said, consolidating high interest debt that you might be carrying, or just funding personal expenses. You know, we spend money. It happens. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit, which is huge. So unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income, your current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 
to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan, which is life-changing. Incredible. Mm -hmm. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's upstart.com slash gals. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash gals and treat yo credit. Okay, should we bring it home? Let's yes. do it. Uh, it's so close to home. I know. <laughs> Literally. Well, for me. Get ready. <laughs> this case is disturbing as hell. So here we go. Oh, Jesus. For my case, we're traveling back in time to 2017. And we're traveling overseas to Japan. Oh, home of the Olympic Games right now, I've heard. The current Olympic Games. Maybe. Not that anyone else is there. I don't know. I've not watched a single competition. I watched the synchronized diving last night, and it was fascinating. I I do like that. I might watch some clips. Mm -hmm. I'll watch clips. I'm just not a big, I don't really follow any kind of sport or athleticism. God bless. I do follow Simone Biles and good on you, girl. Absolutely. You do you. Cheers. Mm -hmm. But this is not that. So Takahiro Shirashi was 27 years old and working in the sex work industry as a scout for Shinjuku's Kabukicho District, which is a uh, a red light district in Tokyo that houses host and hostess clubs, love hotels, shops, restaurants, and nightclubs. Hmm. So so folks who knew this guy as a kid were surprised that he went into this work, remembering him as a quiet but sociable child who was, for lack of a better word, boringly normal. Just to confirm, what is he doing as a scout? Is he scouting out clients? Is he scouting uh, out workers? Okay, we'll get to it. He was described by a former schoolmate as someone who, quote, didn't especially stand out, but was not a gloomy character either. He was pretty (laughs) middle of the road. And that he was so, quote, normal, inconspicuous, and low profile that most classmates didn't even notice him. Ouch. Well, he's also maybe a horrible monster, so I don't feel that bad for him. (laughs) Before working in the red light district, he worked at a supermarket for several years, probably, not Hy-Vee. I was going to say, probably Hy-Vee, Tokyo. It was a very weird expansion choice for, on the brand's part. <laughs> but 2017 was a weird year. <laughs> That's a smile in every aisle. That's their slogan. <laughs> I hate that slogan. I like it. So Takahiro recruited young women to work in the district and developed a reputation for being unsettling, even earning the nickname, quote, creepy scout among the locals. (laughs) He was even arrested for pressuring a young woman into sex work, even though she was not consenting to it. So fucking trafficking. Yeah, he was. He was given a suspended jail sentence for this and went about his business, but his reputation had gotten bad enough that he could no longer work as a recruiter, with other recruiters even posting his photo around with the warning to avoid him. Oh, oh no. So you so, know it's bad. So he yeah. was scouting for sex for, workers. Yeah, for young women to work in the sex industry, whether that be engaging in, like, prostitution, quote-unquote, or working in as, like, you know, cocktail hostesses in, in some of the, like the clubs and the brothels, maybe, you know, just like 
doing shows, like all kinds of different any types of level, sex work in that but district. also sometimes they could try it to like pressure. Yeah, pressure to well, level was, up. I don't know how they get paid. I have no idea how recruiters get paid, and I'm not going to like presume to know. Mm-hmm. But you, it makes you wonder if he's pressuring these young prospects into prostitution, which is the word that they're using, that which would be higher paid work. You wonder if there's some sort of commission for that kind of recruitment. I mean, it's like so- if he gets a higher sounds- percentage for right. specific it kinds sounds- of work. I mean. like like a trafficking scenario. There's a lot of like pretending to be like a boyfriend in order to kind of mm-hmm. recruit women into sex work, warm them up to yes. the idea. Yes, and that's true, but I really from what I'm I was reading about this, like in this in this red light district of Tokyo, like this wasn't this isn't like an uncommon job. And right. It's like a job. It's not like that's like true. When he approaches people, he's not he's telling you what it, what he does. Right. And he's if not he's not like coercing them. It was like pressure to do this higher paid position. Okay. But still, like to work in the red light district, like it's a it's a job. It's not mm-hmm. like so, so there's so you know, many nuances within sure. sex work that it's hard to know without yeah. more information. So you're Absolutely. saying he wasn't like. Like tricking them, no, like kind of gaslighting not, them into it, like a no, like a boyfriend I mean, situation might no, be. No, not 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 in such a way, as far as I could tell, that like they didn't know he was a recruiter. Okay, like it's well known what his job was, and there were other people with that position living in and around this district. Got it. So, but whether or not coercive techniques, it sounds like they were used, and at least by him, and whether or uh, not the individuals he targeted knew like you can be a known recruiter in a neighborhood but if you find some marks that are naive and yeah, don't I know mean, again i don't know what methods he used right this was not this is purely speculation from the research that i did this is like a job that is pretty straightforward mm-hmm. there's no hiding what they're about mm-hmm. got it so that that's the information that i'm working off of mm-hmm. so he couldn't work in this area anymore because everybody was like, stay fuck away from this guy. So in August 2017, he's out of work. He leaves Tokyo and he gets a tiny, tiny apartment, literally 13 and a half square meters. My apartment in Paris was smaller. Well, congrats, I guess. 12 square meters was really Roll small. <laughs> in Zama, which is a city about 48 kilometers southwest of Tokyo and 8,166 miles east of Peniston. I looked it up. <laughs> Talking, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> How far from Peniston? I got you. So Takahiro was unemployed. He's bored and he's seeking an outlet for his sexual desires. And he's a fucking creep. And he's a fucking creep. So he did what any millennial would do and took to Twitter to meet women. This is from SBS.com. Quote, he is reported to have set up several Twitter accounts advertising himself as a, quote, professional hangman. And contacting young women who said they had suicidal tendencies. Whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This takes a wild turn. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what. He would message these vulnerable women and pose as a, quote, suicidal guru who would help them end their lives. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I don't like that. No. 
Of course you don't. It's <laughs> terrible. On one of his other accounts, he postured himself as a, a vulnerable and depressed individual seeking companionship with other depressed women who would enter into a suicide pact with him. Again, I'm using quotes. These were all like his, his terms. Yeah, because he's not going to actually do no. this. He's just preying well, on yeah. vulnerable women. Exactly. It's gross. Once he found a willing participant, he would make arrangements to meet them at train stations near their homes and then travel together back to his apartment so that they couldn't, like, back out at the last minute. Once back at his apartment, he would fix a cocktail of alcohol, tranquilizers, and sleeping pills and sexually assault and then kill his victims. Some of the women had given or loaned him money before he killed them, and then he just obviously didn't return it because he killed them. Um, but at le- if, if they hadn't given him money up front, they, he robbed all of the other women that he, and that he killed. So you, he was taking their money as well. Do you think that some part of like his psychology, mentally, he was like, well, they wanted to kill themselves anyway. I can, we'll I can do whatever I want with them. Sort of. And also, no. They were easier targets. Yeah. Because they were vulnerable. It, yeah. it they had were nothing to do with from the morality. anxiety and yeah. depression. And right. the quote unquote morality of killing someone who already wanted to die had nothing to do with it. It was just easy pickings. I'm not That's, saying that there is morality in there, no, but no, just no. like I know his, you're not saying his that. alleviation of culpability. I know you're not saying that. I'm saying no. That's not why he did that. Ooh, he he. Shit. It was just to. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. That's okay. the only reason he fucking did. Got it. it. Okay. Quote: I disposed of their flesh and internal organs like garbage, but kept their bones out of fear that I would be caught. He also told investigators that he killed his victims as soon as he met them and then, quote, did some work on their bodies to cover his tracks. Yeah, like mm. cutting them up to g- mm-hmm. separate the bones from the flesh. Yep. Did he Ugh. keep the teeth? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I mean, may- actually, yeah, probably. We'll get to it. Okay. According to the Japan Times, he told police that the first time he dismembered a body, it took him three days. But that, quote, from the second person, I was able to do it within a day. Oh, I got good at it. I don't quite understand the reasoning behind keeping the bones to avoid getting caught, but maybe he was concerned that, like, anywhere he tried to dispose of the bones, they would turn up because they don't degrade, like, tissue. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. that could lead back to him. That's right. my theory. He yeah. I, I didn't, I couldn't, like, read his court report because it was in if Japanese character. If you dispose so. of organs or, like, if you, like... It'll degrade. Chop them up and then dispose of them with other trash, they mm-hmm. might not be recognized. Yeah. Well, your liver looks just like any other animal liver. It, if you grind it and cut it all up, it all looks like fucking meat. Right. Yeah. No one would be like, that's a human lung. Right. 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 Yeah. If you were smart about it. Exactly. Oh, God. So he certainly went a a little while without being caught and would have gone longer if it weren't for some brave family members of victims. So over the course of two months, Takahiro lured, assaulted, and murdered nine people between the ages of 15 and 26. So he's averaging more than one murder a week. Holy shit. Yeah. Eight of the nine victims were female young women that he targeted and one was a man who was a friend of one of the women that he killed and was like on to him so Takahiro murdered him to protect himself ew mm-hmm. when the ninth and final victim went missing her brother immediately went into investigation mode he broke into his sister's social media accounts and found the disturbing messages between the two of them on Twitter as well as a tweet that she had posted the week prior stating quote I'm looking for someone to die with me 
So she tweeted this. He finds it because he's probably got like keywords on search or whatever. Yeah. They start corresponding via DM and she agrees to meet up with him and gets killed. So the brother brings in a female friend and the police. So they were like being as safe as they possibly could about it Mm -hmm. and set up a fake encounter between the female friend and Takahiro. On Halloween in 2017, instead of the young woman he expected to arrive at his apartment, the police arrived and asked where the the missing woman was, the guy's, the victim's sister, or yeah, the the brother's sister victim. The name, no victim names were released in any of the articles Mm -hmm. I read, so Mm -hmm. this gets a little, this, it's a little confusing, Mm -hmm. but. No, we're following. We're good. Yeah, they bait and switch, they catfish the fuck out of him. Yeah. And the cops show up. So because the the brother like provided all of this context from the Twitter accounts that he broke into, they had enough probable cause to search his apartment when they got there. Mm-hmm. So they asked him where this woman was. And I'm sure he's like, uh, and they're like, well, fuck you. We've got a warrant. We're coming in. Right. They enter his home and what they found inside was described as a quote, house of horrors. Parts of all nine victims were found in the house, including nine, all nine heads Like skulls and 240 bones with the flesh scraped off, stashed away in coolers and toolboxes around his bedroom. What do you do with the other bones? I'm not sure. Probably disposes of some of the bones with maybe some of the soft tissue that he got rid of. Maybe the smaller bones. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, big, a lot the of bones. Bone. If, there, if there's 206 bones in a human body, he got mm. rid of a lot of bones. I mean, he had to have too because like the, on the drive, there is a layout of his apartment. So it's not any actual photos, but it shows you a digital rendering of like all these boxes and coolers that were containing That's all the That's a remains. very small apartment. It is if a micro have, kitchen yeah. and a loft Bedroom. Oh my god! Like he could Ew. keep all the fucking bones like because every, where is he gonna put them? Every square inch outside of the loft and oh yeah, the, well every square inch besides the loft in the wow. bathroom is just like boxes storing of bones. human remains. He mm-hmm. should have taken advantage of vertical space a little bit more. I know, but you know, <laughs> the only one a week, you don't have a lot of time to play. Yeah, that's true. It was a mess. <laughs> so, yeah, he was stashing them away in coolers and toolboxes in and around his apartment. Fuck. He was arrested and went willingly, immediately confessing to all nine murders. Investigation of the parts that were found in his apartment indicated strangulation in all nine victims before they were decapitated. So whatever that, like, bone Hyoid. thing was, Hyoid. yeah, was probably still present, and they could use that to determine that all of them were strangled. Jesus. Though Takahiro pled guilty, he still stood trial for his crimes to determine sentencing and for the families to, like, get some closure. So at trial, his defense team tried to lessen his punishment by arguing that all of his victims consented to being killed and that the signs of struggle both on the remains and in the apartment were due to, quote, conditional reflexes of the victims. Like survival instincts? Yep, exactly. But Takahiro himself squashed this in court, saying, quote, I killed them for financial reasons and to satisfy my sexual desires. There was no consent. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Yep. His defense team is like, what the fuck, dude? This guy is a defense attorney's worst fucking nightmare. Did they put him him on the stand or did he just, was it like an outburst? He was able to make statements, I think. Fuck. Because it was more, I don't know exactly how the judicial system right. works in Japan. You don't. I, I know, right? <laughs> You're not but an expert. 
On, on Japanese law. Japanese justice, starring J-law. Amanda, Amanda Jacobson. J-Law. Oh I'm going to start that podcast. <laughs> J-Law. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like victims' families were able to make statements, and he was able to testify at this, like, sentencing mm. trial. Mm-hmm. He went on to say, after listening to the families of many of the victims testify at his trial, quote, I am sorry for having killed some of the victims with whom I spent a lot of time and would like to apologize to these families. But for the others, I don't really feel a deep sense of regret. In any case, I am sorry only because I failed when I got caught. If I wasn't arrested, I would not be regretting anything. He said that in court, full of victims' families after they had like taken the stand to talk about their loved ones like, throughout the fucking trial. Okay, well, bye. Fuck bye, 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 yep. bye. Yup. This next quote is from The Straits Times, which what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually a rather large it paper. Is. I just don't think it's well named. There, I said it. No. <laughs> like, never trust The Straits. The defense lawyers also argued that Shirashi could have been mentally unstable or in a state of diminished capacity at the time, though prosecutors disagreed with this assessment and Shirashi had been found to be mentally sound after five months of psychiatric tests. Accusing his own defense team of an act of betrayal, quote, he repeatedly refused to answer questions from his lawyers and instead said that the content of the indictment is true. So everything that the prosecution. Right. So he, saying, he wanted to be put away. He or, oh yeah. or oh, at he least, literally at least he wanted to to accept act- attribution and like whatever. Yeah, he, he wanted credit he says, to get off. Yeah. What he no, but what he says is, quote, I've said repeatedly that I will accept the indictment and want to end the trial as soon as possible because it is causing inconvenience to my relatives. But this wish is being ignored. Whoa. He just wanted to get it over with. Yeah, He's like, he's, I know I'm fucking guilty. Just put just do so what So are they not do. allowed to plead guilty? He did plead guilty, but this was oh, the sentencing. The, oh, and he has and no the victim choice. impact statements. And, impact statements oh. and like make the prosecution and defense still get to build a case to determine the sentencing. The, the severity of the sentence. Oh. So the and this was such a sensational thing in the news that like it did drag on for a while. Like yeah. it was several weeks. Okay. And this guy was like, fuck this, I did it. Just like can we fucking be done? He was getting like, annoyed with the yes, the pomp with the and process. circumstance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the negative press. All Pretty of much. it. So Takahiro was obviously found guilty and sentenced to death, which in Japan is commonly carried out by hanging. One article I found says he is seeking, quote, a normal girl to marry before he is executed. Uh, so now if yeah, you, if you're curious, if you're interested, anyone, he is available. No. The date of his execution has not yet been set, so I don't know how much time he'll have with his potential wife, but we'll see. This last bit is from the Daily Beast. It says, quote, the high-profile serial murder case has opened a debate in Japan about whether social media and websites that encourage suicide should be regulated. Twitter amended its rules to Japanese users after Shirashi's arrest, adding that users should not, quote, promote or encourage suicide or self-harm. I mean, so hopefully yeah. some regulation at least helps to protect already vulnerable people who are in vulnerable places seeking some camaraderie with and maybe comfort with each other. I don't it's like it's sad because you don't want to take that opportunity away 
from people, but if it can be, if it can be, I think there's a very, there's a huge difference between seeking support because mm. you have suicidal ideation that you don't want to have, mm. and you want that to stop, and so you and, want support and help to get out of that space, and soliciting something. Right, 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 right. And also, I mean, yeah, I, think, I mean, all, I think all of it's a cry for help in its own way. And I also think there's a vast gulf between, like, what these Twitter users were seeking and, like, medically assisted. Absolutely. You know, suicide, end of life. Yeah. These are not the same people with, like, fatal illnesses and, you know, whatever that people, you know. It just makes me so sad because, like, going public to share some of your maybe deepest, darkest moments then being manipulated and weaponized by this fucking monster because like suicidal ideation from obviously I am not an expert but from the minimal study that I have mm-hmm. done it is it is a symptom of your condition it's not necessarily mm-hmm. what you with treatable depression that's properly managed Mm-hmm. actually want it's right. much more temporary but the result if you follow through with it permanent. is permanent and that's what's so fucking tragic about it and so instead of having an opportunity when you see a cry for help like that on on twitter like social media to go oh my gosh let's do a wellness check on this person mm-hmm. you know like a friend or family member might see that and go mm-hmm. okay i really need to check on my loved mm-hmm. one this fucking creep is like setting Google alerts mm. for shit like that so, so that he can, can lure vulnerable people to like get off on murdering them. Right. It's just like there's always going to be someone out there who is such a pile of human excrement mm-hmm. that it's like beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those people. Yeah, it's and like, I was it's reading like this. It's difficult like, to anticipate yeah. what a horrific person this guy was. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets to court and he's like, yeah, 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 I fucking did it. Can we just. Can we wrap this shit up? Also, yeah. I don't really care about most of my victims. Sorry to all the families, I guess. It's so fucking It's gross. just like, ugh, I can't. Well, well nobody married this guy. Bones. Bones. <laughs> I feel like Amanda has officially taken on my mantle of being the dark one. I, I think have so recently, too. over like the last year. Yeah. yeah, you've been on like a real kick and I've been on a real like avoidance. Scheme yeah, of darkness. Like we <laughs> deal with our COVID woes mm-hmm. in very different ways. Yeah, it's so true. Anyway, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. At some point, and we'll I'm flip back. Staying I, on oh, brand yeah. for myself. Uh, she shakes a has human claw. Never changed. Literally since the day I met her. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> I'm right. authentic. Well, special <laughs> thanks to us because this was a gals pick episode, but also to and all to of Lori. you and to Lori, the skeleton. Poor Lori. Poor Lori. I'm Poet assuming Laureate. she lived a good life with consent for me to keep her bones I in mean, my gar- office. If you donated your body to science and like eventually your body was kind of. Ended up with a spooky little bitch like right. you, you'd be pumped. You'd be okay with it. I would like mm-hmm. it. You'd be pumped. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Ah, uh, yes. Thank yes. you. We'll see you soon. See you next week. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!